Welcome to Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast where we dismantle the media misinformation that floods our news feeds all week long. The media tries to mislead you literally every day, but each episode of this podcast will leave you more equipped to correctly interpret the news and spot their deception quicker than before. This is Luke Taylor, an austere religious scholar who will be your host in this roundup of the past week or so of fake news. And I'm going to try to do a little bit shorter episode this week. Um, I'm so, I, as I've said in the past few episodes, I just moved. I'm just still unpacking and putting things away. And uh, so I'm in the midst of all that right now. Um, today I was painting and uh, yesterday I was painting and then I used some of the wrong color trying to match the old color on the wall. So I had to uh, go to the paint store this morning and, and get a replacement and they have this really cool thing at the paint store you can actually take a sample like cut a sample off of off of your wall at home and took it to the paint store and they have a way of like scanning it and giving you the same or almost exactly the same paint uh that matches the sample you brought in and so you don't have to know what your actual your original paint exactly was the code numbers and all that you can just take it to them and they can scan it and anyway it was really cool so Went and did that this morning, came back home, painted p- painted the spots I needed to patch up, painted the spots that I messed up yesterday and put the wrong color on. I had to cover those up. And so anyway, that's what that's how my weekend has gone. And also put together a dresser and some other just minor things of, of getting settled in at the house. And so that's where my life is right now. And I this would have been a good week for me to skip on doing a podcast, but... Uh, I wanted to hop on here because, you know, in the midst of this week and and me still unpacking and putting things away and all that, in the midst of all that, there's been another interesting news thing going on that I really wanted to to jump on here and talk about. And uh, it's so the episode today is called Conservative Civil War, and it's really referring to two uh, media companies or, or individuals in the media that have gotten into a little bit of a fight this past week and... um I feel like it's important enough that to comment on it, and I just wanted to get some thoughts out thoughts out on it, and then we can hopefully leave it behind, leave it in the past. But two media companies that I actually, you know, I somewhat care about both of them, one more than the other. But I mean, they, I, I I care about both of these companies, and so one of them is the Daily Wire, and they are uh, a, I don't know if we still say up and coming. I mean, I think they're there, um, but they're trying to be the next Fox News as far as being the preeminent conservative media source um, and, and and something to fight back against all this left-wing garbage with. I would say they are, they already are the preeminent conservative source because Fox, a lot of things about Fox is not conservative. Um, you know, if Fox News will use preferred pronouns, they'll hire Caitlyn Jenner as one of their commentators. So, you know, whenever I see that kind of stuff, I'm kind of like, man, they are already screwed up so bad. I mean, once you deny reality that boys are boys and girls are girls. Once you deny that and you've gone that far off the deep end, it's hard for me to even call you conservative anymore, even if you don't like the Democrats. But I mean, being conservative is about conserving something, which in this case is reality. And so most of the media, including even Fox News, they're totally embracing this like transgenderism nonsense uh, to the point that, you know, if, if Caitlyn Jenner says that he's, which is, Actually, Bruce Jenner, but I guess he legally can change his name to Caitlyn. But, you know, he says that he's a female now and wants to be called a woman. Uh, Fox News will go right along with that. Daily Wire will not, which is why I will trust them over Fox News when it comes to to getting my information. 
when the when the uh, the government is out there trying to force everybody to take a vaccine. It was the Daily Wire who stood up and fought back against them last year or a couple years ago, however long ago it was now. It was the Daily Wire who fought back about about that. Fox News was just going to force their employees to take the vaccine. So it's like, okay, well, we say Fox is conservative, but um, they're not they're not getting the job done as far as representing conservatism, conservatism's values. And that's why I like Daily Wire. That's why I like another, uh, a smaller entity called uh, Louder with Crowder, the Stephen Crowder Show. Uh, and so let, let me talk a little bit about my personal history with the two. If you follow conservative politics at all, uh, like if you follow the, any of these companies, you've probably already heard about this. But let me just kind of recap. Uh, I'm trying to think where to even start with this. Do I start with where I come, like my history with them, or do I... Do I tell the story of what happened? I guess I'll mention this week. So Steven Crowder, he's been with the Blaze for the past few years. That's Glenn Beck's media conglomerate. Uh, he's been with the Blaze, but his contract came up and he decided not to renew with the Blaze. And so he was trying to join the Daily Wire and they were trying to get him to join. And they made him an offer and he thought the offer was bad. But instead of just declining politely, and walking away and, and working for someone else or doing his own thing, whatever he decides to do. Instead of just, you know, saying no, thank you for the job offer, but no thank you, I will not be taking it. Instead of doing that, he decides to try to start a fight with Daily Wire. And so anyway, that's what that's what led to this kind of infighting that's gone back and forth over the past week between the Daily Wire and Steven Crowder. And so I want to talk about all that. Um let me start back, I guess, with, you know, where I know these individuals from. And it did start with Steven Crowder. It was 2015, and I was working for a radio station, which I'm back to working there again now, actually. But I was working at this radio station, and there's this lady who came in a lot, and her name is Patricia. And she'd come in, and she uh, recorded some things for us at the radio station regularly. She comes in one day, and she says to me, you know who you look like a lot? And I said, who? And she says, you look a lot like Steven Crowder. I'm kind of like, who even is Steven Crowder? I'd never heard of the guy before. So she tells me I need to go look on YouTube and watch some Steven Crowder videos. He's a pretty good entertainer. He's conservative Christian, blah, blah, blah. So I said, okay, I'll go check him out. Um, so I later on that day, I guess I did. And like, <laughs> if you go Google Steven Crowder, especially back then, I mean, it's this guy who's kind of out there. He the, uh, Probably the first video that comes up, if you Google him or, or YouTube him, it, he's walking around in the streets in his underwear, you know, pulling kind of like silly. Now, he does these publicity stunts or provocative. He's a provocateur. He says a lot of outrageous things. He's a, com he's a comedian. Um, he So he, uh, he would do things like he pretended to be a gay guy and he went into a Muslim bakery and tried to order a cake. And, you know, just to make the point, because, you know, the the left will often send a gay guy into a, a Christian-owned bakery and try to get them to make a, a wedding cake for him. And uh, the, the Christian bakery might say no, that they don't participate in gay weddings, and then there's a legal battle about it. So Stephen Crowder would do that with the Muslim bakery, just, you know, just to make the point that it's not just Christians who are, who are anti-homosexuality or gay marriage— um, it's other religions too, but yet people just want to pick on the Christians and just want to, you know, single out the Christians and make this a war against Christianity. So anyway, he would, he would do stunts like that. 
it might be a little too far out there for some people, even conservatives. I felt like Steven Crowder, you know, he was, he's a, <laughs> a wacky guy, but he's making points and doing things that, you know, other Republicans or conservatives might not necessarily have the guts to do. And then, um, it was, so I started watching Steven Crowder. When I first started watching him, he just had a radio show. And the radio show, it was like two and a half hours once a week. And it, I thought it was, it was excellent. You know, I mean, I, it, was, it was a radio show. I couldn't see it. I would just listen to it on the podcasts. Um, it was Steven Crowder, and he had this co-host that was called Not Gay Jared. And they, they were just hilarious. I mean, I just, I thought it was a, a brilliant show. He'd bring people on that he agreed with and interview them. He'd bring people on that he disagreed with and debate them. But he was a good debater, and he was a, he was a good um, interviewer, and he had lots of friends in conservatism. And so eventually he gets picked up by, he had this radio show, uh, like I said, but he got picked up by, it was called CRTV, which is not around anymore. Um, I think they merged with the Blaze, Blaze at some point, but he joined CRTV. You could pay like, you know, 50 or $100 a year, and you were a member of what was called his mug club, and it was uh, it was kind of like a subscription-based thing. You got more exclusive content if you joined the mug club. I joined the mug, mug club because I was a fan. I've got, you know, I still got one of his, his mugs to this day. And so I've been a Steven Crowder fan for a long time. Now, I will say, once he went from a weekly show to a daily show, um, the quality of his, of his, um, the, I don't know, the entertainment value or the quality of his um, commentaries and all that, the the quality of his jokes, it definitely went downhill. Like I think, I definitely think he worked a lot better as a weekly show. He had a whole week to plan out his skits and stuff like that. He would just have these hilarious skits that would play like on the commercial breaks, <laughs> you know, he had this podcast, it was a radio show, it'd go to commercial, but it would, it would just go to a skit that he had come up with or a funny, or a funny commercial that he had made. Like I said, it was, it, he, it was great quality, but then as he became a daily show, it lost some of that. And I think over the years, it's just declined more and more. Not Gay Jared left the show. He's kind of had like this a rotation of different producers and co-hosts and they've never, I, it just seems like it's always diminishing in quality every time I tune in. So I've decreased in my f watching of Steven Crowder. He eventually went to the blaze. I think I still signed up for one more year when, after he went to the blaze, but then I kind of let my subscription run out because I thought he's not, it's not just entertaining me like it used to. <laughs> it's too much. I you know, I couldn't, it'd be an hour, hour and a half every single day. And it just wasn't to the quality of that weekly show. So anyway, in the, the it was during though probably 2016, and he's interviewing people like Ben Shapiro and Andrew Clavin. And I was like, "What?" Well, I'm listening to Andrew Clavin. I'm like, "Hey, I like this guy. You know, I like what he has to say." I was listening to him on this on the Stephen Crowder show. He was interviewing people all the time. And so Jordan Peterson, you know, the first place I learned about Jordan Peterson was on Stephen Crowder's show. So I he he had a lot of great contacts in the conservative world not that Steve, that jordan peterson was even a conservative necessarily he's just a psychologist and has a lot of interesting he's been branded a conservative i don't think he's even he's not like some far-right radical <laughs> republican by any means he's just been in but anyway um steven crowder though he i mean he had his ears to the ground and was you know catching these people and bringing them on to interview them and stuff like that or in debate in some cases um, so that's where I'm like, okay, this, I like this Ben Shapiro. So I go to tune, Ben Shapiro has his own show. 
Andrew Clavin has his own show. So I start watching those shows too. And then, you know, that they get the Daily Wire going and I, and I subscribe to that. And so anyway, I'm a fan of Daily Wire. I'm a fan of, you know, even though I, like I said, I don't get as much entertainment value out of Steven Crowder anymore. I, you know, I, I give him a lot of credit for kind of bringing me into though that, that right wing <laughs> media sphere. Some might say a bubble, but I, I try to listen to the, what the left wingers say too. But, you know, he brought me into that sphere where I could, you know, I'm in, I can hear all these different, you know, here's the thing about the right wing. When you listen to Steven Crowder and Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh and Andrew Clavin and, and, and Glenn Beck and, you know, a lot of these and Tucker Carlson. And Mark Levine, I mean, you, you bring all these guys together, you still get a wide variety of perspectives and takes on a given situation. You throw in Michael Knowles. You know, I don't listen to him as much, but I mean, he's got, often got a little bit different take, unique takes. It's not like the left-wing spheres where everyone's just saying the same thing all the time. Everybody's just agreeing and towing the party line and saying the exact same thing. I like the right-wing media because it still has a lot of diversity even within the sphere or the bubble, whatever you want to call it. But I mean, even within that, you get a whole lot of variety and they challenge each other and all that stuff. So that's one thing I appreciate about right-wing media. You know, it's hard to say, even to say this is right-wing media. I mean, yeah, maybe they vote Republican most of the time, but um, they're, they're not all a hive mind. You know, they are still a a diverse collection of opinions. And so anyway, I give, I give Crowder credit for bringing me into that and introducing me to all these other people who I listen to to this day, even more so than him, as I said, where he started it all for me. Um, and I still don't understand why so <laughs> that lady said I look like Steven Crowder. I don't see that at all. Uh, but anyway, um, so uh, as I said, Steven Crowder's contract came up at the Blaze. He knew a few months ago, I guess, that he didn't want to renew with them, um, that he wanted to go his own way or go to work for someone else. And so back in October, he, he, you know, he uh, solicited, I guess, or he asked the Daily Wire if they'd make him an offer of what it would take for him to come on board and join them. And so they did. They offered him $50 million. They wanted 192 shows a year. And he was unhappy with the offer because it said stuff like, you know, if you don't, we're paying you $50 million for four years of 192 episodes. And they said, if you don't deliver that many episodes, then we cut your pay. And it said stuff like, if you... So Stephen Crowder also says a lot of wacky things that, you know, even though I'm a conservative, I mean, they even go a little too far for me even. You know, he goes a, a little beyond the boundary of where I'm comfortable being. But um, it, because of that, he'll often get demonetized or or temporarily, you know, banned on YouTube, stuff like that. He'll, he'll Or hit copyright strikes, all that kind of stuff. They'll come after him for that. So he's not, he's, he has to be careful what he says. He's not always careful. And sometimes, and hey, sometimes it's YouTube's fault too. Like they're being unfair. They're just striking him or demonetizing him just because they don't like his opinion. That happens most of the time too in that stuff. But anyway, he says some, you know, he says some wacky things sometimes and, or goes a little bit, pushes the boundaries and, and gets demonetized. Daily Wire said, listen, if your videos get demonetized, then you're not making us as much money. So you have to take a pay cut if you do that. Well, that really upset him. So he declined their offer. He didn't want to do like a counter offer negotiation type of thing. He just said, nope, no thanks, walked away. That's fine. You know, that's fine to do that. Then in December, 
He announces he's leaving the Blaze, and he registers a domain. He, he puts together this plan that he's going to go independent. He's going to call it Stop Big Con, which the idea there is that con is conservatives, big conservatives, but that they're just a big con. And he says that, you know, they're just in bed with big tech. They are just trying to promote the same restrictive policies that YouTube and Google and all of them, they're just, you know, being woke like them. And you can't trust any of these big media conglomerates, even media conglomerates on the right, like The Blaze or Daily Wire or Fox News. You can't trust any of them. Uh, you have to trust Steven Crowder. He started, so he's launched this whole campaign called Stop Big Con. Well, he registers the domain in December. Let me say that. Then at the, over Christmas break, he calls up the CEO of the Daily Wire. His name's Jeremy Boring. He calls him up. He records the conversation. He makes it sound like he just wants to negotiate again or something like that or has some questions. But anyway, he records him. He's, so this all came out later on. But he secretly records Jeremy Boring talking about the details of the contract. He says, hey, um, I don't think it's fair that, you know, you want to you want to uh, deduct my pay if I can't deliver all the episodes you're paying me for, <laughs> or if you, or if I get demonetized and you cut some of my, my pay, he says, I don't think that's fair. So he records this conversation with Jeremy boring. Anyway, then if you, I guess earlier this week, about a week ago, he, la- he launches his stop big con. I was on the email list. Cause I'm like, I wanted to see what Steven Crowder was going to do next. You know, he's leaving the blaze. I, I still like the guy enough. I want to follow what he's doing. So I, I was on the email list. He announces, you know, if you follow my Twitter, you saw, I was, you know, I was a little excited about it. He's like, Oh, what's it? Where's Steven Crowder going? I wanted to see. Well, he launches this thing called stop big con. And I'm kind of like, okay, I, I didn't really know what he was referring to. Didn't know if it was daily wire or whoever. Um, to me, it just appeared he couldn't get a deal with anybody, and that's what I think. You know, that's what I think happened. He started shopping around trying to get a good deal. You know, trying to he he trashes Fox News all the time, so he's probably not trying to go work there. But he probably tried some other conservative media companies, and you know, they like I said, Daily Wire offered him fifty million dollars for four years. Uh, he's probably trying some other ones too, just trying to test the waters, see where he could land. Didn't like Daily Wire's offer. Apparently didn't like anybody else's offer either. So by December, I think he starts getting a little bit desperate. I think he starts thinking, "Uh uh-oh, I'm not going to have a job in a month. Like he starts getting desperate, trying to think of what he can do to make more money. So that's why I think motivated all this stuff. And so anyway, so he, he announces he's starting this thing called Stop Big Con, where he's the conservative voice that you can trust. And it's going to be places like these other media. He doesn't say Daily Wire by name, but these other places, you can't trust them even if they say they're conservative. So he goes off, he records like a 30 minute YouTube video about that. Well, a lot of people kind of put together, you know, he showed pages of his contract that he was offered, but he blacked out Daily Wire. But a lot of people kind of put it together. It was Daily Wire. So the CEO of Daily Wire, Jeremy Boring, he goes out the next day. He releases is really interesting. I mean, I watched it. It was like a, you know, if you're ever, if you're interested in this kind of stuff, like what do these media stars, what do their contracts say and stuff like that? Um, it's really interesting how they kind of work out a lot of these things. So Jeremy Boring uh, sits down for like 52 minutes and just went over, I guess it's the, it's not technically a contract. It was just like the initial, initial offer 
I guess you'd say. It wasn't a contract. It was just the offer that they made to Steven Crowder back in October. He sat down for 52 minutes and just went through it all. He talked about how he's always respected the Steven Crowder, what he does and all that, and they wanted to bring him on board. Um, they were trying to see just what would work for their company and what would work for Steven. They made this offer. They expected him to come back with a counter offer, and they would negotiate and try to work out a deal. That was their expectation. You know, if the, which means if there's something he didn't like about the offer, he could talk to them about it, which is apparently not what Steven Crowder wanted to do. He just he just wanted to get mad about it and walk off in a huff. So, um, anyway, they Jeremy Boring, like I said, spent almost an hour going through all that, and it's a really interesting video. And like by the end, you know, I I felt like it couldn't be more transparent. So then the next day. I want to say this was, you know, Tuesday, maybe. So Steven Crowder releases another, it's like 15 minute video where he shows that he had like recorded Jeremy Boring back in December when they talked, he had been secretly recording him and, uh, you listen and he played some of the recordings. It was kind of bizarre because the recordings that he played, they didn't contradict really anything that Jeremy had said. Whenever he laid out, like he, like I said, he laid out a 52 minute video talking about what their offer to Steven Crowder actually entailed. So he went through all that stuff. I said, like I said, it's as transparent as can be. So then Steven Crowder plays some clips from a recording like, oh, I secretly recorded Jeremy. This is what he's really like. But it was exactly the same as what Jeremy had said back in his video. There, there wasn't a contradiction there. So I don't even know what Steven Crowder's thinking. That just seemed to make Steven look bad. I thought he looked bad before. Because here's the thing. If you if someone makes you an offer, a job offer, that in fact, it wasn't just that he made him an offer. Steven said, hey, make me an offer. You know, Steven asked for a job. Jeremy gave him an offer. Steven didn't like it. Now, he has three options at that point. You know, when, when someone gives you a job offer. Well, one, you could just accept it. Two, you could negotiate it. Say, oh, I don't like this. I, don't, I want paid more, whatever it is negotiate or three um you just decline it and walk away any of those three options is a respectable manly thing to do i'm gonna emphasize manly because i don't think steven is acting like a man i think he's acting uh ch very childish um very petty not acting manly and so the respectable or manly thing to do like i said you can accept it you can negotiate it you can reject it and walk on and everyone can stay friends and just say, Hey, it just didn't work out. Any of those options is fine, but he decided to go a fourth way. He decided I'm going to just try to expose them, which again is really weird because everything that Jeremy said that he said, <laughs> the recording just showed that is what he said. So Steven Crowder's like, I'm going to expose them. I'm going to start a new, um, a new shtick. It's called Stop Big Con, and everyone subscribed to me personally. And we're, you know, the, and so his implication is that like Daily Wire uh, is just in bed with big tech, and that they just, you know, they don't, they don't care about all this. Um, how Google and Facebook and and all the social media companies, how they were like cracking down on conservatives over the past few years and restricting their free speech. Steven Crowder says, see, none, none of them really care. They just want to play by Google's rules. If you really care about fighting for our rights, then you need to join Stop Big Con. And I, like I said, it's just p petty and pathetic. 
the fact that he recorded Jeremy Boring, someone who's been a longtime defender and friend to Steven Crowder, um, the fact that he recorded him and just wants to burn that bridge now, I don't, I, I, I just don't see the logic in that. I'm like, Steven, is he off? His, I don't know if he's on any meds, but it's like, are you off your meds or something? Like, that is not normal behavior. That's not sane behavior. Like, he's always been a little bit out there, a little bit wacky, like I said. But this just really went off the deep end. It seemed a, seemed a bit out of character for him. And I just, just so illogical and so hateful and mean-spirited. I mean, it just makes you wonder, did he get bonked in the head or something? Like, why is he acting like this? Because um, he always got along so... He got along famously with these guys before. Back in November, they did an election live stream. That was, so that's in the middle of all this stuff going on, that they had made him an offer and he had rejected it. And then he goes on and visits their live stream back in November. And uh, that they were just all friends. They were all buddies. The fact that a month later, he's secretly recording them in the hopes of using it to like try to sabotage them and bring their company, you know, ruin their company and start a, start a war with them in public. The fact that he would do all that is just, it's incredibly mean spirited and illogical and, and, uh, and um, morally wrong. I mean, it's just to secretly record someone like that and then use it, go out and throw it out there in public. That's just morally, you know, indefensible. So um, anyway, I don't know what's going on with Steven Crowder. Maybe, you know, like I said before, I think he's in a little bit of a desperate situation. He's now he's jobless. And uh, I mean, he's got his show. So he's I don't you know, he's going to be able to sustain himself for a little bit on his own. Um, But he's probably looking at, okay, since I haven't got picked up and joined any media companies, you know, I'm going to kind of. And now that he's kind of burned his bridges with the media world, you know, he's probably looking at uh, just disappearing and fading away now. And that's sad to see because I felt like he was an important voice in the conservative um, in the conservative fight. But nobody's going to want to work with him now. You know, people are not going to offer him jobs now that they know, oh, my goodness, someone offered him 50 million dollars and he went out and just tried to, to ruin their name. Well, no one else is going to offer him $50 million. <laughs> you know, he just has totally shot himself in the foot. I just never seen anything like it, like just setting himself on fire. You know, when you when you go out there and like, oh, yeah, I was secretly recording uh, the phone conversation with a man that I've been friends with for over 10 years. You know, well, if you go out and do that, nobody wants to talk to you anymore because they don't know if you're recording them. I mean that's 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 what you do when you when you pull that kind of stunt. It was so short-sighted. He has like ruined his reputation with any media company leader going forward, especially you know in the right wing in this right wing sphere that he had so many great connections in. He was such a good hub for all these different voices on the right, and like I said, he just set himself on fire because he was mad that about the terms of the contract and he thought he was worth more and and so anyway it's just a really sad thing to see like someone who i think he's an important voice i don't agree with everything he says he's a little bit too out there for me back when trump lost in 2020 you know steve uh, uh, i like the guys on the daily wire um they were quick to kind of recognize the reality of the situation that trump did lose fair and square that he was going out there and making all these claims that the election was stolen and that, you know, the, the voting machines had been hacked, 
And uh, some of the claims had more more credible than others, but then he just will go out and just Trump was just going out there and repeating anything at all that he could say that he thought helped his case that that would you know that the election was stolen by Joe Biden. I mean, he was just just throwing anything at the wall to see what would stick. You know, classic example of that. And so um, I liked you know the Daily Wire's take on it was that they kind of recognized that and uh, they said, hey, listen, if we go down this road with Trump. I mean, we're going to we're going to see Georgia fall to the Democrats because that special election had to happen again. Um, that, so he's like, uh, if 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 we go down this road with Trump, I mean, we're ruining our our name, too, because he's not providing evidence to back up a lot of these claims that he's making. Some of the claims that Trump put forward, you know, did have some credibility. Uh, I think the whole, you know, the Mellon voting thing is very suspicious. I think if he just stuck with the credible allegations, he could have made a case. But uh, but Trump was also making all kinds of outrageous, you know, ridiculous claims, too, about voter fraud and and stealing the election and all that stuff he didn't have evidence for. And, um, you know, if if he's if he says it, he needs to bring forward the evidence, either that or not say it. So um, Daily Wire, I thought, had a good take on that. Stephen Crowder, on the other hand, you know, he spent the next year taking any any claim that you could twist into a voter fraud case and trying to make that case on his show and i really did kind of stop listening around then because it was just every week he's talking about um more evidence of voter fraud look at how much they they stole the election you know he kept saying all this stuff but he was not putting forward the evidence to back up what he was saying and so i um i i you know i again i i think stephen crowder it's important that he has a voice i think it's important to, i think it's important to let people say what they believe you know, if you believe the election was stolen, you should have a right to say that without being kicked off of YouTube. I agree with that. But I also think that Steven Crowder was wrong. Like, there was a lot of stuff he was saying that was just factually untrue. And they would just, like, make a lot of ridiculous claims that I just never saw the evidence for, never saw come to fruition. That's another thing with, the, with these people claiming that the election was stolen. Not all of them, but a lot of them were also saying, and you just watch, Trump's going to be president in March. Well, you just watch, but you know, coming up in July, they're going to, they're going to announce that Biden did still this. They kept making these ridiculous claims that, oh, in, in August, Trump is going to be inaugurated as president once again. Like they're saying all these wacky things. And I'm like, <laughs> those have not come true. The past two or three times you said it is not going to come through this next time. When are you guys going to acknowledge reality that, that Trump is not the president anymore? And so you know, Steven Crowder was slow to acknowledge reality on that. And so I, I think it's great that people can go out there and, and speak, speak their mind and they shouldn't have to worry about being censored, even if what they're saying is wrong. You know, I, I agree about that. Uh, I'd say this, you know, when it came to the vaccine and, and all that kind of stuff, a lot of the Daily Wire hosts were pro-vaccine. Uh, they were, they were saying, Hey, I think this is just the smart thing to do is to go ahead and take this injection. Uh, Steven Crowder, you know, he was right out there from the beginning saying, I don't trust this vaccine, <laughs> you know, even if it did come from Trump. But, you know, he, he and his crew were out there making the case, showing all the examples of people who had bad side effects from the vaccine, whereas even the Daily Wire hosts were not emphasizing that to what I, to what I believe was, you know, a fair giving that side a fair hearing. I think they jumped on board with the vaccine side too quick. So sometimes these, you know, d these different hosts are going to be right and sometimes they're going to be wrong. That's why I think it's important that they all should be out there in the right wing sphere, 
getting a chance to talk and make their voices heard. So with Steven Crowder, even when I didn't agree with what he was saying, I was glad he was out there saying it. Sometimes he did hit the nail on the head. And so I think it's sad that he's probably going to disappear. People are not going to want to work with him anymore. He's probably not going to be able to get the interviews like he used to be able to get. And so, you know, it's a, it's a disappointing thing. Um, yeah, I don't see how he recovers from this. Um, j- just the fact that, you know, he stabbed all his friends in the back. Not just, didn't just stab his friends in the back, but I mean, probably the most powerful conservative media company right now, which is the Daily Wire. Uh, the fact that he made an enemy out of them, the, and he's already burned bridges with Fox, you know, Fox News for years and years. He's complained about Fox News, <laughs> and, and rightfully so. I mean, I was earlier myself. So, you know, he's burned, he's burned all these bridges, and I just don't see how he comes back from it. You know, maybe he will, and I hope, I hope he gets his mind right and apologizes for some of the stuff he's done and said, because this has not been a good week for conservatives. You know, when you, when you see two media entities, which I would say is Louder with Crowder and Daily Wire, two very important media entities on the right, and you see them trying to tear each other down like they were this past week. I don't think Daily Wire was being nasty about it. Even when Jeremy Boring came out, he said, hey, I want Stephen to succeed. He's going to have to succeed on his own, but I want him to do well. I, want, I think he plays an important part in the right-wing cog that we want to keep turning. You know, he said all that stuff. So I think he, they were being <laughs> far nicer about it. Steven's out here trying to destroy their company. Um, but I just hate to see it. I hate to see the dissolution of that relationship and, and probably the diminishing of Steven Crowder going forward. Uh, I wish it had worked out a different way. Uh, conservatism lost something this week. It, even, if he, even if he remains in some format. Uh, the fact that there's this division now, and hopefully it doesn't continue. Hopefully we can put this behind us. But it might mean putting Steven Crowder behind us too. Because I don't... Uh, now that there's this division in the right-wing world and this tearing each other down and people trying to take sides, um, that's an ugly thing. It's not good for our movement to be divided like that because we are not each other's enemy, okay? Steven Crowder doesn't like the contract that Daily Wire offered, okay? Boo-hoo, big deal. We are not supposed to treat each other like the enemy. There is an enemy out there. The, it's the whole left-wing media sphere. <laughs> like, they are the ones... And, and whether you want to throw Fox News in there or not over the transgender thing. But I mean, they are the ones destroying this country and causing all kinds of strife and division and deception. Okay. The, they are the ones who are, as I hate the phrase to, you know, a threat to our democracy. Like, cause I've, I've gone through all that before, but I don't, I don't technically think it's, we are a democracy, but, but also it's just incredibly whiny. But I mean, it's the left who actually does want to tear down the institutions of America's history, foundation, constitution, our system of government. They're the ones who want to pack the court. They're the ones who want to give more power to the presidential branch. They're the ones who want to treat the presidency like a kingship. They're the ones who want to rule by executive order. They're the ones who want to introduce socialism and get rid of our capitalistic structure. They are the ones who want to do all that. I could just go on and on. They're, they're the ones who want to tear, tear down the traditional understanding of sex and gender and say that all these things are malleable and that you can change biological reality and that everyone else has to go along with whatever you imagine you, yourself to be in your mind. They're the ones who want to do all this. They are the enemy. The people who want to do that, they are the enemy. Your enemy's not Steven Crowder or Daily Wire. Even if you take a side in this conflict, 
But guys, they are not the enemy. I started this podcast because I was looking at what the left-wing media was doing to our country. How they were wrecking, they were, they're just taking a wrecking ball to our country ever since about 2008 to 2012, starting in that span of time. And you can say it was the internet or Obama or whatever you want to say, but it got so, it started getting so nasty in this country, so divisive. And it became to where there really was two worlds. There's the worlds that the Republicans live in and the ones that the Democrats live in. Um, I don't like to use political parties as much conservative and liberal or conservative and progressive. But there was two different realities, two completely different ways of seeing the world. If you look at Bruce Jenner and you see a woman named Caitlin, you have a different way of seeing the world than I do. Like we have a different take on reality itself and biology and the role of science and the role of spirituality. We have a different take. We are not the same. <laughs> if, if you see Bruce Jenner as a woman, we are not the same. And so I've seen this divide growing in the country and that's played out where in you know my area of interest is how this plays out in the media, whether we're talking entertainment media, news media, just you know what the social media, but the media that's that's where that's where I see this conflict, the source and the examples of it is you look at what's happening in the media. And so I start this show, I call it fake news because that's the term that Hillary Clinton came up with and Trump made it famous and and it's perfect, describes what we see around us all the time. My subtitle is A Fiery But Mostly Peaceful Podcast. And if you don't remember, that it, that comes from CNN. So both the, both the parts, both elements in the title of my show come from Democrats. Fake news, colon, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast. It comes from CNN because back in 2020, which was just a landmark year for fake news, back in 2020... Those Black Lives Matter riots erupted across the country. We saw cities going up in flames. You flew a helicopter over the cities and took a picture, and it looked like a war scene. Literally, the sun comes up the next day, and you look at where Black Lives Matter came through, and there's just destruction and carnage and wreckage, and things are burnt to a crisp. It looks like something out of the movie 1917 or Saving Private Ryan. I mean, it's just they demolished blocks of cities. People died. And, and you saw this go on, and what did the news media say? Fiery, but mostly peaceful protests. That's what the media called it. And they're doing it again this week. And, you know, I'm bringing all that up again to say this. This past week, uh, th there was a guy, can't remember his name, doesn't matter, he doesn't matter. I'm guessing he was black. Um, he shot at police. They shot back. They killed him. He is dead. Black Lives Matter rides again. <laughs> I guess this time, because, you know, even the left has kind of had to acknowledge now Black Lives Matter was a big hoax. You know, it just got, it got a few, a few elitist individuals who started the movement, got them rich, bought them some nice big fancy houses. They didn't do anything for black people. They didn't do anything for anyone. They just got themselves rich and they helped some Democrats get elected. And now they've kind of stopped doing anything. Um... So anyway, the media is not giving BLM the credit for these this current wave of protests. But the past week, there have been another wave of protests down in Atlanta, Georgia. They're they're giving Antifa the credit. Um, but since Antifa is doing the left's bidding, which is destroying our institutional trust in police, trying to make everything seem to be a you know 
being woke, inserting a racial element into things that have nothing to do with race. You know, guess what? doesn't matter what race you are. If you shoot at police, they have a right to defend their lives and shoot you back. So boo-hoo, I'm not going to boo-hoo for you if you get yourself killed that way. <laughs> if you're, I, my rule is generally if you are resisting arrest and you get yourself killed, I'm not going to waste any time really defending that or um, try, you know, arguing for your supposed rights or whatever. If you resist arrest and get yourself killed, you kind of lose my sympathy um, because you, create, you escalate a situation that could have been more peaceful. This dude was, I guess he wasn't even a resisting arrest. He was shooting at police. They shot back. I'm not wasting any time. I don't, I don't even care to know his name. If that's what happened, I don't even care to know the guy's name. I don't care to know the story. He was shooting at police, and they shot back. I don't care about anything else. <laughs> Antifa, though, wants to make this a big, uh, you know, another big BLM movement again where they're acting all offended and saying he was only killed because he was black. Doesn't matter what race you are, if you shoot at police, they will shoot back. So since Antifa is doing the bidding of the left on this one, our wonderful left-wing media is going right out there and just repeating the same lines that we have been making fun of them for the past two and a half years about. The same lines that I named my podcast after. Okay, listen to this. We're taking you right now. You can see people running in opposite directions and you on see, the other yeah, side Eric, of that. Yeah, Tyler. Go I ahead. do want to. Yeah, Eric, we're far enough away. You'll see the officer right there with APD. He has uh, what appears to be zip ties. Uh, we're not for far enough down where we can't see if they've taken anyone into custody. But it did appear that they were ready to do that uh, to try to uh, try to calm the situation that's unfolding here. And as you said, this really a protest initially to try to uh, protest what happened on Wednesday here where, uh, I mean, they were handing out that vehicle still uh, up in flames here over at the at Andrew Young and Peachtree. And if you take a look over here, if you pan over, I want to show you. This is what they were handing out at that protest. So it was a largely peaceful protest where they just wanted what they're calling justice uh, for to to get toward to get. So sorry. Uh, so this is a news report right here. And so this is Fox 5 down in Atlanta, Georgia. And so they're, they're showing footage of a, of a street full of cop cars. In the distance, you see, like flame, you see the glow of flames, you know, back in the background. There's like a police car on fire. Uh, the, and, and here they are. Okay, you see all this carnage and destruction. It wasn't the police who set their own police car on fire. That's what you got to remember as you're watching this or listening to it. The police don't set their own car on fire. That's these violent protesters going out and committing arson who are doing that. And yet the reporter is talking about, man, do you see that cop right there? He, he's holding zip ties. And, uh, and you hear sirens off there in the background. But it's like, you know, the, they're talking about like the police are these violent thugs. And he, says, and he says it was a peaceful protest. Just the same line that they were trying to sell us back in 2020. When CNN goes on and says, fiery, this is what they put on the bottom of their screen, fiery but mostly peaceful protests. They say this as <laughs> there's a picture of like a burning building behind the guy who's talking on the screen. And along the bottom, it says fiery, but mostly peaceful. That's where I get like, you know, the cover art for my show. It's just a parody of that. Fiery, but mostly peaceful. Here they are trying to do the same thing again. The media lies to you about everything all the time. And that's why I say they are the enemy, okay? Our enemies are not Steven Crowder or Daily Wire. 
maybe you were maybe you're listening and you're a Crowder fan and you think, well, I thought that the Daily Wire's contract was silly too. Okay, if you think that, perfectly fine. All right, I still don't think it. I mean, obviously, Stephen Crowder thought that. I don't believe that makes it right for him to go out and do what he did, record his friends and try to ruin their company because he doesn't like the job offer they gave him. I don't think that's the manly or respectable thing to do. But that's fine if you have that opinion. It's okay. We're not each other's enemy. It's just a contract negotiation. That's not the that's not the end of the world. And and so maybe you're listening. You're a Stephen Crowder fan, and you don't like what Daily Wire offered him. You know that's fine. Uh, maybe you're a Daily Wire fan, and you think Stephen Crowder was just being a, a whiny little baby, and and that's fine too. We are still not each other's enemy. All right, our enemies are the people trying to tell us that we shouldn't believe what we can see with our own eyes and hear with our own ears and try to tell us that setting things on fire is being mostly peaceful and try to tell us that all these people dropping dead of heart problems uh, that it has nothing to do with this experimental vaccine that they just tried to force everybody to get a couple years ago and, and trying to tell us that boys can be girls and girls can be boys and trying to tell our kids that and confuse our kids and, and trying to tear down everything that made this country what it was in the first place. Those people are the enemy. It's not people over here in our conservative media sphere. So let's remember who our real enemies are. I wish Daily Wire and Crowder all the best. I hope they can patch things up. I hope Crowder comes back and apologizes. Um, I'm, you know, just what he did was a low blow. I, I hope he, can, I hope he can come back from that. I hope he has a good excuse. <laughs> Says, "Hey, I was on a new medication or something. I want to take a little break." And I'll be back in a year or two after I get my mind right. If he came forward and said that, I would accept it. I, you know, I would be, t- I, hey, stuff like that happens. <laughs> you know, I, I could, I could, I could let sleeping dogs lie. Um, I think he probably needs a little break in either, regardless, but that would be fine. You know, that's, that's one thing. Um, we don't need a civil war over here in our right wing media bubble. We don't need that. <laughs> we need to band together and fight back against these people who try to tell us that fiery is mostly peaceful. That's where the fight is. That's where the fight should be. Don't let this little skirmish between Louder with Crowder and the Daily Wire, um, don't let that define how we see each other in the right-wing movement, because we don't need that thing to bring disunity to us. Let's leave that skirmish we've had for the past week, let's leave it in the past week. That's why I'm just talking about it now. That's why I took a break from painting to come down to my basement and and get on the microphone here and I just wanted to talk about this but just so that we can I just want to I don't want to drag it into talking about it next week or something like that I just want to leave it behind let's move on let's hope that these people can bounce back from what's happened but let's not let this color the way that we see each other and break up our fellowship because we need each other more than ever we got a big fight ahead of us we still got two more years of this Biden Harris administration so it's not a great time to turn our guns in, against each other and point them in the wrong direction. Let's just remember that, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast. This has been Luke Taylor reminding you, if anyone tells you I look like Steven Crowder, that's just fake news. 